0: Well, good morning. Hey, I got a question for you guys. Have you ever in your life had a bad leader? Just a show of hands. Anybody had a bad leader? So maybe this person was like really bad at directions, and you guys take a couple left turns, and then another left turn, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you end up back where you've been, back where you started. Or maybe this person's like, you're giving a presentation, and they have no idea about what you guys are supposed to be talking about, and they're just like, you do this, and I'll sit in the corner. So, oftentimes, I'm going to be honest with you, when I was a kid, you know, I was about yay high. I was a little dude. That was me. I was the bad leader. So what happened was, I would go to the grocery store with my dad, and, you know, walking in, I had exactly what we needed for the house. I knew all the food that we needed. I knew exactly where the Pop-Tarts were. (laughs) I knew exactly what aisle I would find the Oreos in, but... After that, I was completely lost. But I couldn't let anybody know I was lost. So what I I would do, what we all would do, you know, I would start to hesitate, and I would walk slower and slower and slower until eventually my dad would finally get mad enough, and he would say this. He would say, lead, follow, or get out of my way. So I would do that. I'd be like, yes, sir, you know, and I would get behind him and I'd follow him until I start to think about what we needed for the house again, and then I would walk in front. So that's kind of the same thing that Moses did throughout his life, you know. From the time he was first called at the burning bush, he struggled with confidence, and the whole time he was sitting there at the bush, he was trying to make excuses to get out of what he was called to do. He would tell God, he was like, but God, who am I? But God, what if they don't believe me? But God, I talk slow. You know, I got to stutter. Just, just send somebody else. But God still used him, right? It was his time to lead. Um, so there are many, many times throughout his whole life that Moses would have been hesitant or he would have been shot down with his confidence. But I'm going to start. I'm going to read um, a little piece of scripture from Exodus chapter 17, starting at verse 1. <coughs> Says this. The whole Israelite community set out for the desert of Sin, from the desert of Sin, sorry, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. So Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why do you bring us up out of Egypt and make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? So then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses. He said, Go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff in which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. So Moses was in trouble. His people that he was supposed to be leading were about ready to stone him. That means killing him by throwing stones at him. That'd be bad. Just to put it that way, it would be bad. So he needed help. And so what did he do? He was a good leader. He looked to God and God told him what to do and he listened to and did what God told him to do. That's what makes a good leader is doing what you're supposed to do and listening to God, whether you're a pastor, you're a parent, you're a member of the youth, everybody, that's the common ground. You always have to listen to God. If you want to be followed, well then you have to be followable, right? The do as I say, not as I do model just doesn't work. Um, The atmosphere that you bring into your house is what all of your kids are breathing into their lives. For example, I'm a Packer fan. One of my older sisters is a Packer fan. <laughs> and my other sister, well, we love her anyway. Um, we, we've never lived in Wisconsin, right? We have never had any close friends that were Packer fans. It was just us and our dad. Um, so he brought the atmosphere of being a Packer fan into our house. And over time, my sister and I, we memorized players. We've watched many, many football games. We've been to a few football games. Um, So now I can tell you that we probably know more about the Packers than even our dad does, right? So that's the same thing in your home. Your kids, and I'm not just talking about football, your kids reflect you and your actions. So they wanna do what you wanna do. If you wanna sit around all day and watch TV, well then they're gonna be right there next to you sitting around all day and watching TV. If you wanna eat poorly, you wanna go to the store and buy a box of Pop-Tarts and Oreos, then that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna know exactly where those Pop-Tarts are. Uh, If you want to be rude to people at the grocery store, well then, they're going to be rude right back. But if you want to love, they're going to be the first one in line to love somebody. If you want to help people, they're going to be the first one to give the shirt off their back. If you want to worship God in everything that you do, well, Jesus said it like this. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, Jesus said this. The student is not above the teacher, nor a student above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, how much more are the members of his household? Let that sink in for a second. You create the atmosphere of learning about Jesus. You create the atmosphere of reading your Bible and worshiping God. Your goal should be that your children are more excited to go to church than you are. Your goal should be that your children know more about the Bible than you do you set the bar, so don't be their spiritual lid. You have the power to install the excitement and the passion about Jesus into their lives. They're counting on you, all of us, but mainly you because they see a lot more than you than they do of me and the rest of the church to be their leaders. So that's what Moses did. He installed the atmosphere of looking to God for help from leading the Israelites out of Egypt to parting the Red Sea to wandering around the wilderness he always looked to and listened to God. Now in Moses, our, sorry, in Numbers chapter 20, Moses leads people out of the desert of Zin with a Z. There was no water. Um, there was no water to drink. People were ready to turn on Moses. They're getting ready to stone him. So what does he do? He turns to God, and God tells him, Hey, go to this rock and speak to it in front of, in front of your people and water will pour out. But wait, back in Exodus that we just read, chapter 17, God told him to strike the rock, and water would come out of it. So it's got to work again, right? So that's what Moses did. He leaned on his own understanding and not what God told him to do. See, God just told him simply to speak to the rock, and water will come out of it. But he didn't listen to what God said. He listened to himself. And he struck the water, And he struck the rock, and water came out of it, just exactly what he thought would happen. But here's where it gets interesting. This is where God says, get out of my way. He says, God says, in Numbers chapter 20, verse number 12, it says this, but the Lord says to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. Yeah. Church, there's a time to lead. There's a time to follow. But trust me, you do not want God to say, get out of my way. If you ask for his help, don't turn the other way. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. His ways are greater than our ways. So, church, the altar call is simple. God's calling us to be leaders that will look to him for guidance, not on our own understanding or the ways of the world that what the, what the world taught us. So all I'm asking for is a show of hands. Who's gonna be that leader that will look to God for guidance? Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the the open hearts that were able to listen to the word. And I just ask for, for your help and help Help the leaders in this church to lead not not only um, on Sundays, but throughout their week and throughout their whole lives, God, and help the families and help the, the parents that in, install the, the passion in, into their kids' lives, Father God. We, we pray and we submit these things to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.